Supporting the military is something that's always very important to me. People wanted to ask me how my, my child wants to be a catcher. What do I tell them? I said, catch every ball. And in life, isn't that the way it is? I spent two years in the service, and I was proud to be part of it. I wore that uniform with a pride and dignity, just like I wore the Dodger uniform with great character and love. The greatest name in the history of the Cleveland Indians franchise, Mr. Bob Feller. Nathaniel Cameron, Tyler Buckholtz, and Colin Kirk here on the American Valor Podcast. On the American Valor Podcast, we seek to educate and inspire you, our listeners, with acts of valor, supported by the Bob Feller Foundation, embodying the traits that National Baseball Hall of Famer and Chief Petty Officer of the United States Navy, Bob Feller himself lived by, citizenship, service above self, and commitment to country in a time of great national need. Captain Greg Zettler became the USS Norfolk's 16th commanding officer in 2011. He graduated from the Naval Academy in 1994 with a Bachelor of Science in General Engineering. He has also earned a master's degree in leadership and human resource development from the Naval Postgraduate School and a master's degree in national security resources from the Industrial College of the Armed Forces. Captain Zettler has received several decorations in his career. He currently serves as program manager for submarine combat and weapons control systems and as a liaison to the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation. Captain Zettler, thank you so much for joining us on the American Valor Podcast. Of course, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. We're really looking forward to speaking with you. To start off, please tell us about yourself and your career. Sure. I'm the son of a career Air Force officer and a registered nurse, and we I grew up in quite a few places. I was born in Las Vegas, Nevada, and, and we moved uh, all over the country and, and the world, frankly, living in Germany for about four years. Ultimately, I you know went to high school in Northern Virginia for two of the four years, and that's where I graduated, so I kind of call uh, Springfield, Virginia, my hometown. Graduated high school. Went to the University of Michigan for one year and then transferred to the Naval Academy. Out of the Naval Academy, I um, service-selected submarines, and I've been a career submarine officer ever since. About three years ago, I uh, took a little bit of a road less traveled by and left to the operational side of the submarine force for the business side of the submarine force. And now I uh, procure the combat and weapon control system for our submarine forces today. And it's been an exciting ride and I can't say I'd do anything differently. It's been very rewarding. What high school did you graduate from? I graduated from the, from what high school did I graduate from? Yeah, in Springfield? uh, From West Springfield High School. Oh, okay. We, uh, Colin and I both went to uh, South County, which is Northern Virginia. It's about 15 minutes away. I did not know that. So what led you on your path towards education at the U.S. Naval Academy? Uh, you know, it was, a, I think, probably a lifetime of good influences in, in uh, you know, military culture. I, I, I certainly have a vivid memory uh, being a 
probably a seventh or eighth grader and sitting across the table at a restaurant in Germany from a couple of Air Force cadets that attended the Air Force Academy and, and being pretty impressed by them. And then as I, you know, moved on through high school in this Northern Virginia area, there's a lot of military influence. And we, I think my dad and I, my, my family went to a Navy Air Force game, one opportunity and just kind of all those little touch points. And then frankly, looking for a challenge. And I don't think if you look around the landscape, it's difficult to find a more uh, interesting and engaging challenge than attending one of the service academies. And so that very much appealed to me. And, and so off I went. And what kind of things did you learn at the Naval Academy and how did it challenge you and prepare you to be an officer? Right. So, uh, you know, the, the Naval Academy is, is so much more than just a college. You certainly get a great education there. Um, in terms of uh, academic learning, but the whole overall program's very well constructed to teach you, to prepare you for uh, for the challenges of of uh, a military life and and leading military members and doing everything you can to ensure that you'll be able to bring them home safely if you have to take them in harm's way. So, you know, every every minute of every day is has a formative lesson in it. It seems like to to teach you how to perform under pressure, to teach you good time management skills, to teach you how to think critically and, and carefully about difficult topics. Integrity is a major part of uh, the curriculum at, at the Naval Academy, and, and no good leader is going to get very far without a deep sense of integrity. And then last but not least, lots and lots of opportunities in the overall program at the Naval Academy for um, understanding the value of of teamwork. I, I, um, in addition to just day-to-day -day life with your squad and your platoon and your company as a team, I also um, rode crew, and um, you know that that was a deeply uh, informative environment to to really learn teamwork. So as you took those skills and experiences from the Naval Academy into your career as an officer, what was that transition like for you? I think it was honestly it was very very smooth, right? So you're just you're so well prepared that if you apply those lessons to the opportunity that you're almost immediately provided when you transition into the fleet to lead, you know, sol soldiers and sailors and marines, it's almost for me, I anyways I felt like it was seamless. Certainly didn't know everything and made plenty of mistakes, but, you know, well within the bounds of what are, what are tolerable and always good learning points as you progress through your military career. But uh, you definitely felt well prepared for uh, what was the challenges that were tossed my way as I developed as a submarine officer. How have you been able to develop positive working relationships with the people, the sailors that you've worked with alongside your career? Are there any lessons you've learned and um, best practices and ways that someone can best work together as part of a team like the United States Navy? Um, great question. Well, so first, I think I'd say I haven't always done so perfectly. But in general, I think in any organization or entity I've been part of, including, you know, the, you know up to and including the Bob Feller Active Valor Foundation, focusing on the, the mission and the you know, the organization's goals, the desired end state, and subjugating your own personal interests in favor of those 
overall interests of the organization or the mission is a very significant leveler and it kind of puts everybody on the same page and it just makes working relationships so much easier if everybody has that same focus and goal. Certainly often you run into, you know, differences in perspective on how to achieve those goals. But if you keep that end state goal in mind and trust that everybody has noble intent, the ability, you know, they all want to help get to that goal. Uh, you often find your way, your, your way to compromise and the ability to, uh, to achieve those goals, achieve the mission often with great success. How did you become involved with the Bob Fellow Active Valor Award Foundation? And along with that, what is your role as a liaison with the foundation? So uh, I, I became involved. The previous naval liaison, uh, Captain Doug Adams, was transferring uh, from the Washington, D.C. area out to California and, and offered the opportunity up to a number of his peers that do program manager peers that did work similar to him. And, you know, he set a few links for the organization. And when I looked at what uh, the, the Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation does, I just couldn't think of a, of a more worthy way to spend some of my previously free time honoring the legacy of sacrifice and, and service to one's country that Bob Feller and Jerry Coleman represent. And in particular, you know, as an opportunity to support military members, you know, a chief petty officer, a staff NCO from the Marine Corps, and then entities in the Navy that support sailors making good decisions. I just couldn't think of a, of a, better, of a better way to give a little bit back and, and to facilitate honoring people that just do so much it it would be uh, eye-watering if the listeners could see the awards packages that we read and the number of hours that these sailors and marines put into their communities put into one another put into making the world around them better it's eye-watering frankly and and the opportunity to participate in that was something that i uh, jumped at as the Navy liaison, my duties involve facilitating the, the foundation's connection to the Navy and the Marine Corps. Leadership, the Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy and, and the uh, Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps, Secretary, a variety of secretaries of the Navy participate. And then we have a number of flag officers and, and general officers that have participated. And then uh, most importantly, I am the direct link for the solicitation of the award winners for the four uh, Navy and Marine Corps related awards that we give. So I solicit the, the nominations from the fleet and I coordinate the selection of our awardees and all of their travel and arrangements when they uh, come to D.C. to receive those awards. Our mission with the Bob Feller Foundation revolves around the idea of educating people about the military and the people who have served in it. And in your career, you served as the commanding officer of a submarine, the USS Norfolk. So how do you tell someone what that means to be on a submarine and to serve in that capacity? And what would you tell someone who might not be as familiar about the Navy and the role of submarines? Great question. I think the 
you know, I think I would tell them um, that the that the Navy in general, any any uh, path you choose, whether that it, that whether that's submarining or you know on a surface ship or in an aviation squadron, it's a it's a difficult uh, it can be a difficult life, but it's also tremendously rewarding. The opportunity to serve your country, this great country, the greatest on the planet, to honor and support you would take an oath not to men but to a document that's based on securing you know a set of freedoms life liberty and property that are you know our constitution's really based on those rights being imbued on us by our creator and and the opportunity to protect that to make sure that those that come after us have that same opportunity is deeply satisfying and an honor in terms of submarining, you know, it's an exciting, technically oriented field. It's uh, demanding, requires people that think quickly and critically on their feet, work together well as, as a team, and that, you know, have some discipline and stamina for hard work. And I think anybody looking for that kind of challenge or the lessons that can come from enduring that kind of challenge would be deeply satisfied by uh, by joining the submarine force. Captain Charles Milker, speaking at your change of command ceremony in 2014, said the following. Leadership like Griggs is unique. Like athletic ability, there may be some underlying gifts, but to develop it, it takes long hours of work, a willingness to risk failure, the willingness to be confident in your decisions, the willingness to correct bad decisions, and the self-effacing ability to recognize your capabilities, and most importantly, to never believe that failure is a necessary outcome, regardless of the circumstances. What is your definition of leadership? Right. So, you know, leadership, you know, there's, I guess there's a number of ways one can describe leadership. Probably the one I like best comes from, you know, a former five-star general and, and president that it's the you know, art of getting someone else to do something you want done because he wants to do it, right? So it's about convincing people of, to come together to achieve an objective or a mission. And so I think the, the greatest lesson I learned about how to do that is to create a sense of ownership. And I think if you can espouse a vision and a conviction or a purpose and make any team or organization you're a part of understand that, and you have sufficient character that inspires confidence and trust, and you take care of the things that people need to have to embrace ownership for the mission, like capability, they've been properly trained, qualified, etc., to do the tasks that are necessary to achieve the objective and that they have the necessary capacity. They're not overworked or underfed or whatever. If you have, if you put all those elements together, you end up with a team that, that where every member of the organization feels, you know, deep ownership for the outcome. And when you achieve that, you really pave the way for, every individual to achieve their own greatness and for collectively as a team, the organization to achieve greatness in executing the mission. And, uh, and so that, 
that simple thing, figure out how to create ownership in each individual for the outcome that you desire is kind of what I think General Eisenhower was talking to. If you can figure that out, that's the secret sauce to leadership. You've talked about a lot of values and characteristics and different things that are important to you and that you've learned throughout your career and life. I'm wondering, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received and who gave it to you and why was it the best? Good question. So I once was given some pretty good advice by a commanding officer who was frankly getting impatient with me trying to get me to a point where I was maximizing my contribution. And he just told me, get after it. (laughs) He he was trying to convince me that I needed to spend less time worrying about being perfect and more time just sticking my neck out there and relying on my innate ability to react and respond. And so that, frankly, was a bit of a turning point for me in my whole career. You know, up till that point, I'd prepared meticulously for the Naval Academy, for everything that I could, and I still do today, but I'm much more willing, you know, after having gotten that advice, to wade into a situation for which I don't feel perfectly prepared and rely upon all of my life experience and the training that I've been provided to manage it successfully. And, and frankly, it's, it's worked out very well. So th- that combination of things, you know, a desire to be as prepared as possible, but also the, the willingness to stick my neck out and go just do something. It seems to have been a good combination and it's gotten me to where I am today. So I certainly appreciate that advice from Captain Ratty, my second commanding officer. Yeah, I can thank him for that. Do you have any advice for a young person considering a career in the Navy or another branch of the military? Um, only that when you come in, come in ready to learn, ready to work hard, ready to embrace the opportunities that come your way. And if you do those things and you strive to achieve the mission, you work to embrace and generate your own ownership for the mission, you'll be imminently successful. Our last question for you today, Captain Zettler, and we really appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us and share some of your wisdom and lessons with our listeners. We talk through the Bob Feller Foundation about the word valor and people who have acted with valor, especially in light of the military. What is your definition of valor? I think I'd sum up my definition of valor is just the courage to do the right thing in the face of any set of circumstances. And we often equate that where there's physical danger involved. But frankly, I think valor can also be exuded when one overcomes a mental problem where, you know, you just can't get past something or you have to have the courage to stand up for what is right, whether that's, you know, helping somebody that needs a helping hand that may not be popular, whether that's espousing what may not be a popular opinion because it's in consonance with our American values, whether that, you know, be, you know, actual physical courage in a war fight somewhere, for instance, the willingness to do the right thing in the face of potential consequences to yourself. 
is my definition of valor. Captain Zettler, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about your life and experiences within the Navy and some of the lessons that people can learn from that. Hey, thank you guys. I deeply appreciate this opportunity. And, and of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank you for all that you guys do on behalf of the Bob Feller Active Valor Foundation. Volunteers like you are what make us strong, make America great. And I deeply appreciate the work you all do. So thank you very much. Thank you. And thanks again for joining us. To our listeners, this conversation with United States Navy Captain Greg Zettler concludes the first season of the American Valor podcast. We plan to continue to bring you new content on stories of valor in its various forms throughout the summer. The second season will begin with a conversation with retired Rear Admiral Frank Thorpe. Please leave your comments in the comments section or connect with the Bob Feller Foundation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Active Valor Award. You can engage with the Bob Feller Foundation at activevalorward.org. There you can learn more about Bob Feller and Jerry Coleman, recent nominees of the awards, view pictures, and sign up for updates, including the American Valor podcast, and more. Thank you very much for being part of the American Valor podcast. Talk to you next time.